Hi, this is Sean Leary, and welcome to a very special podcast. This is a combined podcast of um, QC Uncut, as well as Muscatine um, Uncut. And um, we are talking to a um, man born and raised in Muscatine, who has made a huge splash in and around Muscatine, as well as around the Quad Cities and the Midwest. His name is David Casas. Uh, David is a local magician and performer and um, he has reached an astounding level of success in the, sh- in the short time he has been um, out performing. Um, I remember I met David quite a while back when you were first starting out really around the area and um, I was really impressed by it and I remember coming up to you after the show and introducing myself and talking to you about it and stuff and um, it's really cool to see how you've progressed and how hard you've worked to better your act and to perfect it and to get to the level of success that you have. And it's also cool to see that you continue to do that and you're continuing to reach higher levels of success. Uh, Recently you were in Chicago performing at Wizard World, which is one of the biggest conventions for um, comics and performing arts in the world. And um, I saw you on WGN-TV, which is you know huge television station in Chicago. And, of course, you still perform around the areas. You've sold out Circa 21 a number of times. Um, you perform at area libraries and uh, restaurants and other performing venues. And um, just have done an awesome job. And you continue to do so and you continue to grow your career. So thank you very much, David, for being a guest on our Muscatine and Quad Cities podcasts. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so basically how I got into performing was, uh, so as a kid, I, uh, like as, as I said, um, so they had a talent show at the Muscatine, uh, the fairgrounds, the uh, Muscatine, was it the River Days? Uh-huh. Muscatine, was it? Muscatine? I think it's River Days. And uh, so I started off dancing as, with uh, as a Michael Jackson in a talent show there, and uh, that's kind of where I started. I think I liked being on stage, and I had the whole red coat and the glittery socks and the, doing the moonwalk, and I thought it was I thought I was pretty cool. Uh, I don't I didn't even place. That's how well I did. Uh, so, uh, but yeah. So then magic kind of came later in my life. I watched it as a kid growing up, but I didn't really wasn't interested in actually performing or do, learning magic, but. Uh, actually was in my junior year in high school I was at North Park Mall and I was walking in the mall there and they had a kiosk there in the center you know and they had a couple guys demonstrating some magic tricks and so I was like caught my attention and at the time David Copperfield Lance Burton there was a lot of magic specials on there was another show on NBC called the world's greatest magic and so I kind of got interested and so I decided they were handing out flyers and they were like oh you know come learn magic we are offering magic lessons I'm like oh okay that's that seems kind of cool. Let me go I'll check this to see what it's all about. So that's kind of where I started. And uh, so they taught me, and I wanted to learn bird magic. That's actually what really got me interested in wanting to learn magic. Um, what exactly is that? Um, so basically it's it's sleight of hand. Uh, so like Lance Burden, for example, he had a, this dove act. So basically comes on stage and makes all these white doves appear. And to me, that was magic. You know, I always I would see the magicians cutting the lady in half, and to me, that never really did anything for me. I was like, oh well, the bo- it's a trick box, or the assistant's doing all the work. You know, and the magician's getting all 
solid credit type of thing. So that to me never really intrigued me. But when I saw a magician come on stage and just start making all these birds come out of appearing out of thin air, to me that was real magic, and that's what I wanted to learn. So that's actually the first thing I learned when I started taking the classes, and it just kind of snowballed from there. At six months later, I did my first show for a LULAC convention at Muscatine Community College, and I got a standing ovation. And and then after high school, I moved to Las Vegas and was lucky enough to meet a mentor out there, and he kind of took me to the next level. And so, now, who was that? His name was Jason Byrne. And he still works out in Vegas. He works at the uh, Ultimate Variety Show V, it's called, at the Venetian. I think actually now it's at Planet Hollywood. Um, but he does cruise ships, and he got like a million-dollar deal on a cruise ship. So he's – we don't – we still keep in touch just mostly through emails, but uh, he's a busy guy. But, yeah, that's kind of where it started. And he taught me not only magic but, like, the business side, how to promote and market yourself and how to actually book shows. And so when I – I lived there for a year, and then I moved back to the Quad City area, and I kind of just, you know, applied what he taught me. And I've been fortunate enough now to be doing magic. Last year was my 20th anniversary, and I've been doing full-time about 18 years. So, How did you meet Jason Byrne? Um, that seems like a golden opportunity. How did that happen? And was he, you know, cool with like, yeah, hey, I'm going to take on this apprentice? I mean, is that something he does on the regular? Or was it something that was special in regard to he he met you and thought, you know what, this kid's pretty cool, and you know, I'm going to help him out. Yeah. So basically, how I met him is I just sent him an email. Um, I had actually I had no idea that he lived in Las Vegas, so I just looked him up. I googled his name, found his website, and sent him sent him an email. Didn't think I'd even hear back from him, you know. And sure enough, a couple days later, he emailed me back and was like oh hey and I I basically emailed him like a, a heartfelt like hey I just moved here I don't know anybody you know I don't I don't even know if you teach lessons you know I'd be willing to pay you know if you teach you know would you be willing to teach me basically work with me and yeah he emailed me back and said yeah I'm working at the Venetian let me give you a, a comp ticket and I went and met him and I, and it was at that moment when I saw Jason on stage like right there this was years ago. It was like I said, right out of pretty much a couple years after, out of high school. Um, I was I knew I wanted to do this for a living because I just seen him up there doing his bird act and the reactions he was getting, the theater, the lights, the sound, the music, everything. I was like, man, that's what I want to do. So he was like, yeah. He's like, come by my house. Here's my address. He's like, next week, what you know, pick a day that works for you. You know, here's my number. Call me and and just come on over. I'm like, all right. And uh, so yeah, I did. And he told me to bring some video footage of myself and and of course so we pop in the you know that the vhs tape uh-huh. and that and uh so yeah i was all nervous having him watch you know i was like here's one of the best guys in magic that does a dev act and he's watching me like he's gonna be like man this guy this guy's terrible and to know he he liked what he saw and said okay he's like he kept pausing and rewinding and be like oh okay that was good that was good so then long story short he told me he charged two hundred dollars an hour and I was there for like four or five hours and I'm like man like this is gonna cost me some money but he's like no I'll just charge you for an hour he's like I'm gonna teach you this uh, this dove production I want you to go home and and uh, practice it and come back next week and I want you to show me so I went home and practiced all week staying up late and at night doing it over and over and over and then went back the following week and he's like okay let's see it and I, I, I nailed it and he's like okay he's like now I'm gonna teach you for free 
and he's like you know I just feel we got a good connection I good vibe from you and yeah he's like I see potential in you he's, he said I get guys you know that have offered you know wanted me to teach him before and you know I just didn't really see that they you know were as serious and dedicated as you and he's like you know I just have a good feeling that you got a lot of potential so I, I'm, I'm gonna work with you and that following week he was opening for the amazing Jonathan at the Flamingo and he's like you want to be my on-stage assistant and and it just kind of you know went from there I would go to his house you know two three times a week and he'd we'd work on magic tricks and help me with my bird act and like I said taught me the business side as well besides just magic we'd be out just sitting in his pool and he'd be talking you know to me about how to get shows and about branding and marketing and all that so so he taught me the business side and the the entertainment side as well so that's that's really cool i mean you don't hear a lot about celebrities uh taking someone under their wing and and you know helping them out in regard to that so that obviously is you know it, it is pretty cool that a guy like you know that stature is gonna be like yeah some 18 year old kid who just moved out here or something yeah i'll give him a but it also illustrates something you and i were talking about before the show before we start recording is um how, how much hard work and preparation comes into success? I mean, yeah, there are some people, I mean, who just are born and they inherit money, and it's it's really easy to succeed when you've already got a whole lot of money that you've inherited from your family. But not all of us are Kylie Jenner. Um, some of us have to actually work for it. And the thing is, is that people will look at something like that and go, oh, he was just lucky. But the thing is, is I've always believed luck is opportunity meeting preparation and it's amazing how when you come prepared when you have done the work when you put in the time and when the opportunity arises for you to take advantage to that of that that's where quote-unquote luck appears and I think that's the case with you I mean if you hadn't busted your butt if you hadn't been working on these tricks if you had just gone home and half-assed it and come back and not really shown him anything I'm sure he would have been like thanks for the 200 (laughs) 200 bucks Uh, see you later kid good luck you know or he would have charged you another 200 bucks and you know, try to you know get you to another trick or something like that or whatever. I don't know, but I don't think he would have been like, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna take you on as my apprentice. So, um, so how long did how long were you out there as his kind of apprentice? And um, what are you, you mentioned some of the things you, you learned? What are do you have any stories or anything interesting about being out in Vegas and you know helping him out and, and stuff? Um, yeah, so I was there for almost about a year. I lived there almost about a year. Um, and I just moved back, you know, it's Vegas. It's, there's a lot of politics, you know, a lot of times, you know, with entertainment, you know, that's how it goes. But, you know, I was, I was having trouble finding work and, you know, I was working at a couple of ma- local magic shops as well, you know, trying to, you know, so obviously I could pay my bills and whatnot, but he got me in a couple variety shows. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, as far as stories go, I mean, he, um, you know, 
because he he is who he is, he got me into a lot of shows, other magicians. So it was that was one thing a memory I I always remember is meeting like the amazing Jonathan and hanging out backstage after a show in the green room and and them just telling stories and stuff. And I always actually thought that amazing Jonathan and his his assistant, I always just I assumed they were married, you know, ever since because they were always together. But no, she actually was married. She had an, another, you know, she was married to another guy and so they were just you know just professionals you know just business partners but uh but yeah so uh you know like i said he would take me around town or sometimes magicians would come in from like out of town that worked in like atlantic city or whatever they'd fly to vegas he's like oh so-and-so is going to be in there let's let's go meet so-and-so i'm going to go meet with uh, this illusion builder this illusion builder and and he always would introduce me as uh he would never say this is my friend david he'd always say oh this is uh this is an a young and up-and-coming magician david so that 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 was kind of cool so but no it's uh like you said you know i i moved out there i just took a gamble you know my parents probably thought i was a little crazy for just going to vegas but they actually helped me move out there and you know it's something that you know my parents are like oh well, that was a waste of time well no it wasn't because like you, you know as you as you said you know i was very just fortunate and you know thankful and grateful that he you know he saw something in me because he he, you know, he helped me get to that next level. I remember moving back, and a couple of local entertainers, other magicians, they had seen me perform, and they're like, "Man, they, you know, well, you were really good before, but like, you're like really good. Like, did you work with someone? Like, so for them to like see that and and you know recognize that, you know, I knew that I had made the right move. So, yeah, that's something that's interesting that, that you bring up is um, how your parents were like thought you might have been making a mistake. You're 18. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna, quote unquote, make mistakes, those are the mistakes to make. It's not you're like, oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna try heroin. I mean, you know, it's you're you're going. Instead, you're not doing something bad with your life, or you're you know doing something negative. You're taking a chance on something that you love, and I think that's one thing that all too often people don't understand about the performing arts is that oftentimes going to college is not always the best option at least initially if you want a performing arts career because a college degree in say theater or something of that nature it's helpful to a certain extent but it's also something you can learn kind of on the fly as an apprentice and so I think a lot of times if you're going to take those risks take them when you're young take them when you're 18, 19, in your 20s and something because you can always go back to college and college is great it's a lot of fun I you know have a couple degrees and I certainly recommend the college experience it was a lot of fun for me but as a writer I started writing professionally when I was 11 and if I really wanted to I could have just kept writing and kind of blown off college <laughs> you know it's not like I stopped writing in college or anything like that or I you know um, and it's the same thing with you as, as a performer or as anyone else as a performing artist a lot of times um, the best thing to do is to just kind of get out there and do it um, and then maybe you have something as a backup just to be pragmatic in regard to things but uh, were your parents understanding of that because all too often parents are not and I don't, I don't mean that to bang on parents I'm, they're, they're trying to look out for their kids and they're thinking oh man I don't want them living in a cardboard box I want them to have something where 
you know, he's, he's can have something stable. They're just kind of looking out for us. But my parents were the same way. They're like, you gotta go to college, you gotta go to college. You can't just, like, be a writer and try to, you know, go to New York and work for Saturday Night Live or something, you know, which is what I wanted to do when I was 18. And they're like, no, you're going to college. So, um, what were your parents like? Were they really supportive of you growing up? Um, and how have they felt about, you know, how you've done and, and your success? Oh, yeah. Uh, my whole life they've been very supportive of me. Um, I was the baby of, uh, of three, so, of course, you know, I'm the spoiled. I'm the little. I'm the youngest, so. But, uh, no, um, yeah, I think, you know, once I was there in Vegas and they saw that I was, like, working and, you know, staying busy and, you know, I know, you know, of course, like I said, again, being the baby, they probably, you know, didn't want me to go because they didn't want me to be that far. But, you know, they understood that, you know, that that's what I wanted to do and I was passionate about it. And and nowadays, yeah, I mean, I, I know they're very proud of me. They tell me all the time. They're always, you know, bragging to their friends. Oh, you got to go see a show or he's working on new magic or, you know, or he's just doing performing here, performing there. So. They've always been very supportive of me, and and now especially, you know, they're they come to my shows, and so yeah, they've you know I've been you know I've been very blessed and thankful, you know, they are so supportive as they are now, and they always were, like I said, but I think you know, like you said, as any parent at that age, are like, oh, I think you know, you sure you want to do this, you know, you're probably making a mistake, and I was like, well, I'm young, I'm gonna just you know, I'm just why not, you know, and it was the best move, I I. If for, I give a lot of credit to Jason where my act is today because he taught me so much and it was you know a once in a lifetime opportunity that not a lot of people get so it was definitely I'm glad I moved out there and and uh, was able to work with him so so you're out on Vegas um, you decide to move back so do you move back to Muscatine or did you move anywhere else and how did your career progress from there because obviously I mean there are a lot more opportunities you would think in Vegas or in a larger city than there would be in Muscatine or in the Quad Cities you've kind of had to create your own niche because that's something we'll talk about a little later there really are very few magicians I can count on one hand the number of magicians that that I know in the Quad Cities and you know maybe that's because I'm not like linked into the magicians community but as someone who's covered entertainment here for like you know quite a while um I've, I've interviewed them, but I keep seeing the same people over and over again. Um, so it's not something like, oh, it's another local band. You know, I mean, there's tons and tons of local bands and musicians and stuff. You don't find a lot of local magicians. So what was it like moving back? Did you move back here, or did you kind of go, go around to different other markets? Did you move to Chicago for a while or anything like that? And and once you moved back here, um, when was that and how long you know ago was it? Yeah, so actually when I first moved back I moved back to Muscatine so I moved back with my parents and I lived with them for about a month and of course I was like I got to get out of here you know I can't be living at you know back at home so then I moved uh, to Bettendorf first so I lived in Bettendorf for like three or four years uh, and so then I just you know I want to travel I wanted a change of scenery you know so I actually moved to Iowa City and lived there for like five years and then I ended up moving back now to, to Davenport um, but the, the whole time I was like I said applying to what Jason had taught me as far as marketing and so I started teaching magic classes I started getting in the restaurants uh, doing restaurant magic once a week and 
uh, just promoting myself, doing shows, and just you know, f- fairs and festivals after proms. My, you know, my brother was the principal of Bettendorf High School for years, so he got me kind of like in the after prom circuit. Um, so those are fun shows, but they're tough crowds because I mean, you're performing at two in the morning. I'm trying to stay awake, especially now as I get older. It's hard for me to let alone them. So. Uh, yeah, so a lot of classes, and then so then I moved back to the Quad Cities, and again I just stayed with the restaurant. Then I got uh, hooked up at that time when I was actually in Iowa City before I moved back. That's when I first um, at the establishment. Uh, Patrick Adamson, they used to do an open mic night there, and I would go, and you had to send in. I think you had to send in like an email, and then they kind of like drew names to see who would got to perform, and. Uh, <laughs> So that's when I met Patrick for the first time, and I would go and do magic, and everyone else is doing stand-up comedy. But I, was, I do my comedy magic as well, but then I would do, like, my bird my bird act or whatever. And then, um, you know, Patrick had sent me an email and said, you know, David, would you be interested in possibly, you know, being, like, a special guest opening act for comedy sports over here, right here in Rock Island? And I said, sure. So I've been with them now for, I think, about six, seven years now, once a month on their special guest opening act so you know and it just you know then and they've been you know very good to me as far as you know allowing me to promote myself there you know by you know putting my rat cards and business cards out in the front there in the lobby and so just kind of snowballed you know and papers you know as as you know yourself and you know the other you know other newspapers have you know or did stories on me and so you know my name just started getting more out there and so Staying pretty busy now. The days just, uh, like you said, disc golfing and magic. And so, yeah, I've been just, you know, I'm always trying to um, learn new stuff. And so, yeah, things have been going well for me now. So, Cool, cool. Um, so was there ever a time that you thought of giving up? Was there ever a time where things were really tough and you thought, or you you felt like you know you were really down, things were maybe not going well financially or anything of that nature. Um, and if so, how did you deal with that? How did you snap out of it? How did you get out of it? Um, and you know, kind of go through you know what you were thinking of and feeling at that time, and what happened to try and get yourself out of that or to get yourself out of that. Yeah, uh, good question. Um, actually, yeah, years ago, I uh, actually uh, had gone through a bad breakup, and I was feeling pretty down about that. So, yeah, and it was a combination of that, and I had been doing it so long, I think I just got kind of burnt out. So I didn't stop performing, but um, I still did my restaurant gigs. I still did my classes, but I, I just didn't want to get on stage. I just, I don't know what it was. I just... I didn't have that that drive anymore. I, I just was gone, and I think it was you know it was part was the breakup, you know, you know, personal things I was going through in my life at the time. But basically, I just you know I just kept trucked on, kept going, and you know I just started going to the gym and working out, and you know just doing things for myself. And I eventually just got out of it, and then I. I think I just started watching like as that, that, that I think it was at that time that YouTube started getting really big and you know and so I started watching like more and more magic online and stuff like that and 
and it, I don't know it just it was like a it was like a light switch I just I just started watching videos and I started getting inspired again and I was like all right you know what I just I just got a I bought a bunch of magic and just started learning it and just started you know putting all my time and focus and energy into a whole new show and uh, so yeah I just started feeling better about myself you know from working out and and uh, so yeah I, I did get burnt out for a time and you know and that's one of the cons about being a magician is you know people all always expect you to perform when you go out they're like oh I, I hear you're a magician do a trick it's like I'm just hanging out you know I don't I'm not working right now but you know so I think you know just a combination of that when I first moved to Iowa City I didn't know anybody so I would go downtown to the bars and I'm like oh here's the new kid in town I'm just gonna go and do magic because I think I'm cool and it was, it was mostly because I wanted to meet people you know and um, so I did that for you know I would just go out and you know I didn't drink or nothing but I would just go out to the bars and just do magic for people just you you know, I'd be working on new stuff and shortly after that backfired because then every time I'd go out and I didn't want to do magic then people would recognize me and want me to do stuff but uh, <laughs> right. so that kind of backfired after a while but no it was fun and uh, but yeah like I said so yeah I did there was a time where I did get burnt out for a while and I, I I still kept working of course but I just I wasn't doing any stage performances I just did mostly just close-up you know uh, but yeah just the combination of working out and seeing other magicians and I was inspired again I got that fire back and I just started working on my show and yep so what has been your best gig what i mean and it doesn't necessarily have to be like oh this is the biggest gig i ever played um let's do let's do this let's split this question in three parts what's been the biggest in terms of success the biggest like thing that has happened in your career up to this date to you that's part one part two which gig has meant the most to you I mean, it could be that one. It could be something else where you played like a kid's birthday party and it meant a lot or something. And it had, you didn't make a lot of money, but it had a lot of sentimental value and it still stays with you. And then the third, of course, is what's been the worst? <laughs> what's been the worst gig you've ever had? And how, to, how did you deal with that? Hmm, that's really tough. Well, let's start with the worst show because I've had a few of those. Uh, and I can't, but I, but I can't remember the exact like location, but I've performed on stages where I thought I was going to fall through the stage. I've done outdoor festivals um, where it's super windy and my props go flying all over the stage. That was awesome. Uh, so I've had a, you know, a couple of those. I do remember years ago uh, I was competing in our, our local magic club and let's just say we had a malfunction with one of my props and uh, so I basically had a bird that was just kind of dangling where it wasn't supposed to be just outside of my coat and it was just there was no way I could recover you this, I, bet. I had a bird that was dangling where it's not supposed to be just outside of my coat <laughs> we've all had that problem all David yeah that's 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 how I ended up spending a night in jail but uh, another 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 story for another time but uh, yeah so it was, it was kind of embarrassing that basically the bird just fell out of my pocket and it wasn't supposed to yet and so I had to kind of recover but so that was kind of a nightmare for me but um, that's a failed prop I'm not just happy to see you yeah it was yeah it was uh oh and you know of course when i first started you know i i a rookie mistake i would you know now when i pose with the bird i would hold you know i hold the, my hand out in front of me 
But before I used to hold the bird close to me and I got, you know, of course I got pooped on a bunch of times <laughs> without my noticing though. And then when the audience started laughing at me, I'm like, what are they laughing at? And then I'd look down and I just see a nice big bird poop rolling down my tuck. So that was, so that was cool and embarrassing. Um, the, it's hard to pick a show that was, you know, a favorite, um, uh, I guess, I mean, I guess one of them, of course, I have to go back to the establishment. That's one of the first shows that I did in the Quad Cities. And to sell it out, as and I sold it out very quickly, which was also very, very humbling. And, you know, that I have so much support, you know, in the Quad City area. And so that's, you know, I did a show there and I sold it out. And so that's... You know, and then I started doing other shows at the Black Box Theater and then um, Skellington Manor. I did a bunch of stuff for there, the Speakeasy, and then, you know, selling out Circa 21, my first time performing there. That's, you know, that's always going to be special to me to sell out a historic, you know, place like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, um, I would. I, it's hard for me to pick a favorite show. And as, to answer your other question, I don't really have... Uh, you know, a, a, a certain gig or show that's been um, that I would say is my favorite. Um, the comic cons are really cool, I guess. You know, the Chicago one that was a pretty big deal because that's you know that's a huge convention. Thousands of thousands of people go to that, and I've been able to meet some celebrities at them, so that's super cool. Uh, okay, I gotta stop you right here. Tell me about the comic cons. Tell me about some of the celebrities you've met. Because I'm sure everybody's like, "What celebrities?" As soon as you said that, I'm sure the people listening are like, what, "Which celebrities?" Tell us about which celebrities you've met. Who were, who was cool? What were they like? Who was cool? Who was not so cool? Who was you know me? Um, and what was the experience like? Because yeah, I've been to like a ton of. I went, I've been to Wizard World a bunch of times, San Diego, and everything. I've been to a bunch of comic cons. Because um, I used to actually do comics. I was in oh, okay. comics when I was a teenager and um, a lot of the guys who founded Image were friends of mine Eric Larson was a really good friend of mine who did Savage Dragon and a couple of other guys um, but uh, but yeah those those things are always a lot of fun and they're always pretty wild what were your experiences like what were some of the people that you met and uh, you know if you want to name names go ahead if not then you know it's up to you it's up to you let's see well uh, the Chicago one I met um uh, Caleb from the show Stranger Things, so that was pretty cool because that's like one of my favorite shows right now on, ne- on Netflix. So uh, I met him, uh, Lou Ferrigno, which he was uh, he was cool, but he I I always remember him because he it kind of made me laugh. So for people that haven't gone, maybe uh, so the celebrities you know they have their little booths that they're in, and you have to pay money to get your autograph or your photograph, and sometimes they charge you separate prices or they'll give you like a combination, like sixty bucks for the 8x10. I'll have like five 8x10s and you get to pick one the autograph and then you can take a selfie for like 60 bucks, yeah, let's say. Yeah. So then they all have their different prices. And so Lou Frigno, the first time I met him, he cracked me up because it was a two like two old ladies. They're probably like 80 years old, you know, and, you know, they just want, oh, it's Incredible Hulk, you know. Let's take a picture from like without paying on their phone, you know, and they barely know how to even work their phone and they're taking a picture and then you see Lou, he gets all mad and he 
you know, usually a lot of times their managers or their agent or whoever's with them, their representative sits next to them as well. <laughs> so, so you're saying, so, so you're saying Lou Frigno went and roughed up a couple of 80 year old ladies is well, what you're saying? I thought he was about to. <laughs> uh, he was, he was looking at his manager and he's like giving them dirty looks like, what are they doing? You know, you could hear him kind of whispering like they didn't pay, they didn't pay. And, and he's and the manager's like, dude, come on. They're like 80. Just that's fine. You know? So, so you don't was, play, man. I'll tell you, yeah, so I thought he was about certain. I mean, he could. He was. He was starting to turn green. He's getting. <laughs> he's getting his Incredible Hulk in character and all. But so that was kind of funny. So before and then I went and met him and. Uh, so let's see. Uh, but the 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 two the most recent was the um, the one I just did in Des Moines. I did Des Moines Comic Con Wizard World, and I met Thomas Ian Nicholas, which was the guy from uh, Rookie of the Year in American Pie. Um, and Elijah Wood uh, from, of course, Lord of the Rings, and uh, so that's kind of funny. So I, bo- I met him both actually when because we I go in the backstage area, and I met him at separate times, uh, but they they were both like on a smoke break, and so t- I met Thomas Ian Nicholas first, and and they're both both of them are super just super chill and laid back and just really down to earth and. Uh, you know, Thomas E. Nichols, I was asking him, you know, like how he's been, how he's been doing. Cause of course you haven't really seen him in too much these days. So he said he's mostly doing like producing and writing and stuff like that. But he lives in, they both live in LA and, and then Elijah Wood, he was telling me about, he, you know, he has a house in Texas is in Austin, Texas is, and, and he lives, but he lives in LA and, uh, same again with Elijah. He was super cool, super down earth. They both talked to me for about 10, 15 minutes or out just hanging out and, some lady came out and asked that was kind of funny the lady came out i remember when we were with elijah and she's like hey any of you have a cigarette i could buy off you and and uh and elijah's like oh yeah i have one here you go she's like well here's a dollar he's like no i don't need it. just keep it and she's like oh well she's like well thank you she's like what's your name so i thought that was kind of funny because I, I told him i was i just kind of chuckled to myself because i told him i was like you probably don't get that often where she had no idea that who he was you know so i thought that was kind of funny so he, he's like yeah here you go have a cigarette and so yeah they asked me about my magic and how long i've been doing it and they were like you know i told them i was there doing a show and so they're both super cool um and i also met who was the other person that i met i can't remember but those were the i'd say elijah and thomas ian were the those were at um at oh oh that's who it was just the the most recent one i did the one that the quad cities had here the planet funk con yeah yeah yeah. yeah i got to sit to hacksaw jim duggan the whole weekend and that was definitely the highlight for me it was uh super of course i grew up watching wrestling so before it was wwe you know it's wwf so i got to so he was telling us some all these different stories about him and andre the giant jake the snake and hulk hogan and ultimate warrior and you know so that was kind of cool sitting next to him to hacksaw so he kept me busy because they'd all go to see him and then they'd come next door to see me do some magic so uh, so that was really cool did you meet, did you meet nicholas brandon when you were at the plan of Funcon? Xander from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know what? I did not get a chance to talk to him, but I did see him a couple times in just passing. So, yeah, I met the the other gentleman there who was next. I met Jem, uh, the lady that played Jem. Yeah, I can't uh-huh. think of her, her name now, yeah, but the cartoon, but I got my picture with her. And then the, and then the gentleman next to him, uh, next to her, rather, and he was, I, um, I, I can't remember his name either. It was right next to, she, he was right next to, yeah, he was right next to Jim, so I don't remember his name, but I met him too. But yeah, just it was just a great experience, great time. You know, it was awesome for. Uh, it was a Friday, Saturday. Friday was a little slower, of course, but Saturday I was really busy. So I even did. 
uh, a Q&A guest panel, and I was super excited because I got a whopping five people <laughs> to come, and they had in this banquet room with like 300 chairs set up, and like 10 minutes into it, I'm like, I'm just by myself sitting at this podium with a microphone, and these two girls walk in, they're like, is this the uh, magic Q&A? I said, yeah, come on in, and so and then a husband and a wife and his couple kids came in, too, so... Uh, Don't feel bad. I noticed that I went to a couple of those, and I noticed that they were sparsely attended, you could say. But, yeah, it was uh, funny. I went went there to Planet Funk Con. We were a sponsor, QuadCities.com on Muscatine. We were a sponsor of uh, Planet Funk Con this year, uh, which is awesome. I mean, it was was really cool, a lot of fun. And I met those folks you mentioned. And uh, Nicholas Brennan, obviously, last few years have not been great for Nicholas. He's gotten into some trouble and you know done some things that were not especially xander like and um i was wondering whether he was gonna like because i've met some celebrities that turn out to be real douche canoes and i was wondering whether he was gonna be kind of be an egotistical prick or something but no he was actually he was really you know self-facing and was kind of like yeah you know what i i fucked up and yeah i did some things i shouldn't have done and you know he's like i was you know addicted to, you know i had some problems drinking and with depression and everything and he kind of owned up to things and aside from that he was you know pretty funny guy easy to talk to and everything else so yeah it's always interesting to meet to meet celebrities because people if you've met you've met a lot of celebrities and having worked in entertainment writing as long as i have i've met a lot of celebrities it's and you've met a lot of celebrities too one you're always surprised at like the physical dimensions of them they're smaller than you think they are because you see them up on the screen and you're thinking they've all got to be like six five (laughs) and they're not a lot of times they're like they're smaller than me you know it's like you guys are like five 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 six and you're just like holy shit this is like five six 140 pounds or something and um the other thing is is they're you know the, the, the magic of the screen and some of them you look and you're like wow this person's really attractive they're really good looking and then others you're just like wow they do a lot of makeup work obviously and they look just like a normal person when you meet them in real life it, um, I dated this girl for a while and she was obsessed with Gwen Stefani and she was like oh Gwen Stefani Gwen Stefani she's so beautiful and I wish I could be as beautiful as her and blah 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 and I'm like dude I've met Gwen Stefani I'm like you know backstage like you know hung out with no doubt and you're better looking than Gwen Stefani is in real life I'm not and she's like I am not I am not I'm like no seriously you're better looking in real life than Gwen Stefani is and it's so strange that illusion of celebrity that makes people think that they're these superhuman extraordinary beings and a lot of it is there are people that are more talented than a lot of famous people right here in the quad cities right here in you know in and around muscatine the quad cities and stuff they just haven't had that lucky break but then all of a sudden once you get that lucky break everybody's like you know there, there's this patina of illusion that you know comes up. You know, it's like Scott Bryan from uh, Blue Box, who did a Quiet Place. I mean, they've been plugging along for years and plugging along for years. They've always been talented. They were talented when they were here in the Quad Cities. They were, you know, great guys, and they had a lot of, you know, a lot of ability and talent and everything. And it's not as if I, I, I was watching a Quiet Place, and I'm thinking this is like one of the movies. This is like the movies they did when they were here in the Quad Cities. I mean, it's a fantastic film, but 
you can see the genesis of that in the lead up to you know this this movie to them becoming successful and it's not as if it was like an overnight thing that that brings me in a roundabout way people are listening to this they're like yeah yeah babylon babylon but i always have a method to my madness in regard to this and this brings me to what are different you look at your act now and it's like the same as anyone else's it's evolved but it's that evolution has along the way had certain signposts which had taken it in and advanced it what are those times where you can say this really helped evolve my career this really helped evolve my talent this really helped me grow as a performer because each of us have, have those moments where that get to a certain spot and looking at you know when you're on stage now is there still a part of you that's that 15 16 year old kid that's kind of like looking out and going holy cow this is really happening you know you still have that sense of wonder and that sense of you know magic so to speak pun intended yeah no definitely um yeah every time i get on stage i mean i just i just I smile, you know, before, like I said, it's, I can't believe that, that I said I was going to do magic for a living and here I am. So I, you know, I never take that for granted. And like I said, I always, people always ask me, what's your secret to success? And I always tell them, I said, I don't have a secret. You know, my motto has always been work hard, stay humble. Um, You know, don't forget what you came from. I remember, you know, the struggles and, you know, um, yeah, so basically, uh, basically, yeah, like I said, I just, you know, doing the Circa establishment, all those black box, all those places I mentioned earlier, I always, you know, you learn from your, you know, of course, you know, sometimes when you're learning tricks um, to answer your other question, I guess what I've learned the most is when I is when I mess up or if I feel like I failed at something, I, I look back and say, well, why didn't this trick work? Um, you know, so the trial and error, you know, that's where, I, that's what's helped me grow is actually failing at certain tricks or um, I did a couple of local independent films uh, years ago as well and I took some acting classes with with uh, Kim Furness and uh, so sh- that that's you know just little stepping stones as he mentions like what's helped me get to where I am you know the acting classes I've read certain books of how to like perform uh, just watching the um, other entertainers really is the main thing how I've grown is just watching being inspired never copying other magicians but you know being inspired and making me work that much harder on my on my act and my craft to get better um that's helped me i would say the probably the most is just watching other people getting inspired and then just putting in the work what would you say to a kid out there who might be listening to this and i apologize for the one or two bad words (laughs) if there is a kid listening to this um, what would you say to um let's say teenager because i don't they're not going to be offended by some of that stuff um an aspiring magician out there what advice would you give to that person to like a te- like a teenager wanting to start magic yeah yeah or any any anybody you know who, who's wanting to start magic or go into it or who's intrigued by it 
Uh, well, I would definitely recommend, uh, I mean, now, like I said, with so much YouTube, I mean, there's a lot of videos you can even look, watch on there, but I always tell people, you know, go to the basics, go to your local library. Ma libraries have so many ma books on magic that people don't realize. You know, there's also the fun company, the magic shop here in Moline. Uh, there's one Cedar Rapids, the uh, Iowa magic shop as well. So if you have a local magic shop, go, I would start there as well. Or like I said, start by the library, just checking out some books. There's great magic in the books. Um, Go to your local magic shop, and like I said, if you want to, the problem with YouTube is there's so many they, so many people that are exposing magic secrets these days. They'll buy a trick and then they upload the video. Oh well, this is how it's done, you know. So that's that's kind of that's not very, that's the, that's not good at all. So, um, but yeah, I always tell kids they recommend you know go into your library checking out a magic book or going to your local magic shop and you know the usually the you know the the owners of the magic shops there they do magic as well they're magicians so they can kind of point and guide you know a beginner or whatever to the you know suggest you know what tricks to get or whatever so um, but yeah that's what I would definitely recommend is just or taking uh, if like for myself when I teach magic classes for kids you know you know maybe find a maybe find like a mentor or someone you can take lessons from as well as another you know that's what that's what i did when i moved to vegas so um but if they can't do that you know go to your library check out a magic book go to your local magic shop you know they have books videos magic tricks so follow-up question one which i was going to follow up with the initial question of what would you say to someone else the other one is one that you brought up um what would you say to yourself if you could sit down and talk to yourself as a teenager and then the other question based upon something you just said is um how verboten is that now i know for a long time it was such a huge deal among magicians to never reveal tricks and there was this code um where in the magician's code you're not supposed to reveal your tricks and now it seems as if that's sort of breaking down but it seems as if amateurs are doing it is that code still a big thing among magicians like real magicians not like some kid who's gonna buy a you know trick and go to on youtube and expose it and stuff is that something that's really irksome among magicians yeah i would say it's still uh like you as you would say the quote-unquote us professional magicians it yeah we don't like seeing that um but it is becoming a more and more common thing with all the social medias you know the instagram you know facebook twitter youtube all that stuff uh you know it's there's you know there's even other magicians that are supposed to be perf quote unquote professionals on uh, YouTube that are even you know doing things and exposing things and you know it's all about money you know they're just trying to or they're trying to get maybe more followers or subscribers or whatever so so yeah so to answer your question yeah we still as professionals we don't like when magic's exposed unfortunately it has become kind of a more and more common thing these days but you know. Um, you can't you can't stop them they're going to do what they want to do so you know but as far as like myself you know people of course ask me oh how'd you do that of course i'm not going to tell them you know why so do I do why do that yeah i mean so but yeah so that's definitely still code but you know they had that mass magician years ago on fox that yeah. the mass magician he's even got there got him on netflix now but you know the backstory was kind of what i had read was uh that fox basically gave him a blank check and said how much is it going to cost us for you to expose all secrets so that's why he wore a mask but throughout the episodes uh i don't know how but people were finding out who or they they had a good uh 
they they think they you know they thought they knew who it was and then of course the last episode he takes his mask off and reveals it so uh, now he's per- pretty much banned from performing in the US no one will hire him so he's over performing in like Europe and stuff Valentino was his name so uh, but yeah that's definitely still code with you know us professionals we don't reveal secrets um, as far as giving myself advice uh, to a teenage myself I would just uh, I would just say you know I would just say go for it would be my advice because that's what worked for me you know if you're passionate about something you know always follow your dreams and just you know that's what I would that's the advice I would give myself is is go for it because if I wouldn't have gone for it I wouldn't be where I am today what have we not talked about that you want to talk about? What are, what are some things that, you know, I mean, we'll get to obviously like promoting whatever it is that you got going on, but is there something that we have not talked about in, in our conversation that you think is important to convey? Like, say you're just presenting this. I always ask people this. I'm like, what should be, if you're writing the story on yourself, if you're giving the podcast on yourself, what do you put in? What do you think is most important about you that you want to convey to people listening? Well, one thing uh, I would like to talk about real quickly is it just because this just happened to me recently. Actually, just yesterday, I was performing at the Moline Public Library, and and I've had conversations about it with other magicians, other entertainers. Is one of my favorite part of, parts of my job is you never know what state somebody that comes to your show what's going on in their personal life and after the show yesterday a lady came up to me and told me that her husband just died two days ago and she said I just wanted to come up and thank you shake your hand and tell you that you made me laugh and you know just take my mind off things for a little bit and I just want to thank you you know and stuff like that it's like when you're up there performing you don't know how you're affecting people what impact you know what you have on people you know so it's you know I I would give advice to other entertainers is you know when you're up there performing you know just you know as most performers do but always do your best and because you never know you know even if there's only five people in the audience or if there's 20 or if there's 200 you know it's when I hear stories like that that's always like super you know that's like the best part of my job is you know hearing stories like that when I was in Iowa City I was working at Perkins and uh, this is this is a this is a story I like to tell because it's something that sticks out at even years later is because the University of Iowa Hospital and clinics are there and uh, a big family of like 12 people came in and and I was performing for them and then afterwards the mom came over to me and I was standing out in the lobby and she just came over and just started like bawling and she and I was like and she just like hugged me and I was like oh okay and she's like I just want to thank you she's like um, for coming over to our table she's like she's like that's the first time I've seen my son smile in two months and it just really touched her and everybody was I had them all laughing and just entertained them and she said that uh, that her son had a, a brain tumor and they didn't know how long he had to live and so they were coming there you know driving down to go to the hospital and so their whole family was there because they didn't know how much longer and so you know to see she's like just to see them all laugh and to see him laugh and have a good time she's like I just want to thank you and it's just like wow like how awesome is that you know just to 
that I can affect someone like that. And I'm here just thinking, oh, I'm just doing some card tricks or coin tricks, whatever. And and then for them to tell me, you know, a story like that, that's like a story I'll I'll never forget because it meant that much to me. And I can see obviously how much it meant to them to just to spend 10 minutes at their table and entertain them, and you know, to bring that much. You know, joy and happiness, you know, it, it could have been, you know, that could have been, you know, one of his last memories for their family. So that was, that was awesome. So, and I've had other situations too where guys have come up to me after shows and said, oh, I just lost my, like a couple years ago, I had a guy come up. He's like, oh, I just lost my job and going through a divorce and I'm in a real, you know, low point in my life right now. And I just wanted to, to thank you for, for a great show and for, you know, le- allowing me just to, you know, just think about the show and just, you know, for an hour of your show, you know, that your show was going on just to clear my mind and just forget about things for a while. So when I hear stories like that, that's, that's awesome. So, um, you know, like I said, you never know, you don't know what people are going through your personal lives, you know, what they're going through at that time. And so that's, uh, things like that is what makes me, you know, enjoy and love what to do what I do because, you never know how you affect people in their everyday lives, and that's that's pretty cool. That is awesome, um, David. What would you like to uh, tell us about? Tell us about gigs you got coming up. Um, do you still have any more magic kits? Um, tell us about your website. Go ahead and promote whatever you'd like to promote. Now that we're, we've reached the end of our conversation, go ahead. The, the you know the floor is yours, David. Go ahead and promote whatever the heck it is you got going on out there. Uh, well, let's see. We'll start with, uh, in a couple weeks, I start my first ever summer magic camp at the Spotlight Theater, uh, which was formerly the Scottish Rite Cathedral here in Moline, but it's now the Spotlight Theater. Uh, so I'll be teaching a summer camp there. I b- believe it starts July 30th. Um, there's still spots available. Um, doing a 10 to 12 age group and a 13 to 15. Uh, it's a, it's a, a week-long camp Monday through Friday. Um, and then the last day, we invite the parents and family and friends, and we, they'll, they'll put on a little show for them, what they learned. And then they also get a special VIP performance by myself. So that'll be kind of cool for them. Uh, so that got that going on. Um, of course, I'm still at Applebee's every Wednesday, 6 to 8, at, for Kids Night on Elmore Avenue here in Davenport, uh, doing close-up magic. Uh, I have that going on every Wednesday. Uh, I have a disc golf clinic coming up in August uh, for ages uh, 8 and up. Um, there's still, I think there's a couple spots left for that. That's with the Bettendorf Life Fitness Center. So I have that coming up. And then I'll be teaching uh, classes again in the fall for the Davenport Junior Theater um, and the uh, Bettendorf Life Fitness Center again and possibly Moline Park District again. So I'll have those classes coming up. I do that every fall and winter. And then, of course, I'm still at uh, Comedy Sports uh, on a monthly basis. I don't have a date yet for next month, but um, uh, just check out my website, davidcasasmagic.com, or my Facebook page, The Magic of David Casas, where I post all my upcoming performances. So I think that's pretty much it as far as... uh, classes and where I perform at on a regular basis. Uh, I might have forgot some. I'm old, I forget. So just check out my calendar on or, <laughs> or my Facebook page and you'll see everything that I got going on. So 
Awesome. David, thank you so much. David Koss is our guest today here on um, our web, uh, podcast for Quad Cities and Muscatine. Um, kind of double dipping this week. David Muscatine, born and raised. Uh, wanted to get this on both websites. So, um, once again, thank you, David Casas, um, for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks. And thank you for listening. This is Sean Leary. We're signing off. Thank you once more for listening to the podcast here on quadcities.com and onmuscatine.com. Continue to tune in to onmuscatine.com and quadcities.com every day for fun, free, local stuff going on in and around the area. And once again, uh, we thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great day. No.